Wow. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his selfless act. Thank you for his laying down his life so that there could be healing and restoration and renewal and hope and a future. Thank you that in the midst of despair and discouragement, in the midst of 63 people being blown up in a park in Pakistan this very morning. In the midst of evil and pain and suffering, God, you're here. And Jesus, you shine. And Spirit, you lead us on this journey to you. Thank you for your love. Father, thank you for Julie and for Patrick and for their family and for all who loved them here and at the Oasis and, and elsewhere. Father, be with them on their journey. Continue to give them encouragement and hope. Continue to offer healing, restoration, renewal. And do that for all that are gathered here today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> he is risen. When Peter 1, verse 3 through verse 9 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy... He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice Though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him... <coughs> You love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. <clears throat> 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped out of a grave. <laughs> he walked away from death. He didn't walk away from death defeated by it. He walked away from death a victor over it. The passage talks about how we suffer. 
We suffer grief in all kinds of trials. It's, it's interesting because um, many trials, um, the, the word there is, is manifold or manifold, and it's the idea of a, a peacock's tail feathers, you know, with all the different colors. It's this massive amount of different kinds of things, different ways of grief happening, different disruptions, different pain, different suffering, different struggles. As many as the beautiful colors on that are, that's all the griefs, all the temptations, all the pain and suffering, the different myriad ways in which it appears in our life. Suffering grief in all kinds of trials. This year has been tough on the village. Juliet gets mauled by a dog. So much pain in that. Little Miriam has cancer, and at age three, has to deal with things like chemotherapy and all the medical stuff that goes around that. John and Patty's little grandson, Eric's nephew, JJ. is born and a few weeks later goes to be with Jesus. My own son Derek, who as many of you know is agoraphobic and never leaves the house. Very seldom does he leave and when he does it's to go to a doctor's office and he went to a doctor's office twice in a month and in one of those two visits a guy who never leaves the house contracted the H1N1 flu virus and a few days later he was on the brink of death being medevac from one hospital to another in hoping in hopes of saving his life the griefs and the troubles are real there's problems with marriages and, and there's problems with how we treat each other and there's problems with our children and there's problems with, yeah, they're just, they go on and on. There's all kinds of trials and troubles and grief. And then in the midst of that, Peter writes, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. New birth. A fresh start. New birth in that we start over with a clean slate. All of the sin that we've we've done, all the sin that we are doing now, all the sin that we will do is erased. He gives us newness of life. A new life. A life that has endless possibilities. A life that lasts not just during this life, but throughout all eternity, that kind of life. A new birth into something new, something greater. Into a living hope. I love how we use the word hope. 
We always use the word hope when we're pretty sure we're not going to get what we want. I hope I get what I want for Christmas, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get it. But I hope I do. It'd be nice if I did. It'd be pretty cool if I did. But I don't want to get my hopes up, right? Because if you get your hopes up, they'll get dashed. So you hope with this sort of tenuous, "Eh, maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. When Scripture talks about hope, when God talks about hope, hope is a reality. It's a reality. A, A new birth into a living hope. A hope that is resting not in what you can do, what you are going to accomplish, but what you are able to do, anything about you at all. A hope in the goodness of a loving, living God. The resurrection means that God came, He came and was part of us. Jesus came and walked among us. He lived the life we couldn't live. He lives a life of without sin, without any of the things that we do that bring about death. He brings a living hope. Hope is a, is a big deal. Hope in the goodness of a living God. About a month and a half ago, Derek was in the hospital at TMC, and he was on a ventilator. And the doctor said, I just want you to know that if he continues this way, we're going to have to medevac him to UMC and we're not sure when to do that. But at UMC, they have a procedure that they do that we can't do here. And it's the kind of procedure that might save his life. It's called ECMO. And ECMO is experimental. ECMO, there's no scientific evidence that it works. There is anecdotal evidence that it does. And basically what we'll do is they'll go in and they'll bypass Derek's lungs altogether and they'll allow this machine to, to oxygenate his blood while giving his lungs a rest and an opportunity to maybe heal. Derek's lungs were ravaged by this flu. When you looked at the x-rays, it was not possible for him to continue to live. And the doctor said, his prognosis is uncertain. Horrible thing to hear. Uncertain. No, what can you do? There's got to be something you can do. No, ECMO is what we do, and that's the last thing we know to do, and if that doesn't work, your son dies. In that moment, I realized I, I had heard the end of science. I had heard all the power of man's brain power, and, you know, when he did go to, to UMC and they medevaced him there, 
They came in with all their instrumentation and all their skills and all their abilities. The top doctors in, in the United States, probably the world, were aware of who he was, were speaking into his case. The chief pulmonologist was a professor at the U of A medical school. But they reached their end. ECMO was all they had, and after ECMO, if it doesn't work, Derek's dead. The end of science was a shock to me. <laughs> the end of mankind's abilities and skills and talents was a shock to me. It was a shock to me not because I didn't know it somewhere deep, it was a shock to me because now it was personal. Now it was about me and my son. Now it was about somebody and something that I dearly, deeply loved. And I remember when we walked, when I walked out of the room, when they said, when the doctor said, we're going to now transfer him to UMC, I, I remember a bunch of you villagers were sitting there in the lobby of TMC, and I love you for that. Thank you for coming to pray. But you know what? Did you notice you didn't have anything to offer me? You cried with me. You wept. I went off to that little room by myself, and the, some of you pursued me to come after me in there to help me. But you know what? You couldn't give me what I needed. And in that little room... There have been a billion prayers prayed in that room. I cried out to God. I cried out to Jesus. I said, my son, spare my son. Please, Jesus, please. And a voice, a warmth, a life, a presence filled that room. And I heard Jesus say, Derek is in my hands, and I do not let go of those I love. And you know, in that moment, I didn't know if Derek would die or live. And you know what? It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. If Derek lives, Jesus holds him in his hand. And if Derek died, Jesus holds him in his hands. He belongs, body, soul, mind, spirit, every part of him to Jesus. And that confidence that I had then was far better than all the wonderful encouragements that everyone else gave me. Don't ever stop doing that, by the way. <laughs> Just know that there's an end to what mankind can offer. There's an end to what we have to offer each other. There's an end to science. There's an end to all that we know. There's an end. Death is an enemy. Don't let anybody kid you. When that doctor had to say to me, his prognosis is uncertain, that's a doctor for talk for we have no idea what to do. They couldn't admit it, right? They can't just say, couldn't just say, we have no idea what to do. We're done. 
your son's going to die and we can't stop it. Because that would be to admit that they were powerless. And here's the little secret. The secret that I've learned in this whole process of these last two months, the secret that I want you to know beyond anything else that you ever know, you are powerless. You are powerless. And so am I. We all are. Because we can't overcome death. We can't overcome our sin. We can't overcome the damage we've done. We desperately, desperately, desperately need someone, something, something beyond us, something that has real power. It isn't science. It isn't political solutions. It isn't um, all the great ideas that are out there. It's not anything. It's not good community. It's not... All those things, would that we had them. But ultimately, everyone in this room dies. And whether you live or die, who holds you? Your power, your might, your strength, your ability? <laughs> no. Boy, it was a hard thing to hear. To be totally, completely, 100% helpless. It's funny because we sat in Derek's room day after day while he was on a ventilator, while he's in a coma, sedated. We can't talk. He can't hear us. We can't talk to him. We sit there day after day, and we're exhausted from just sitting there. I don't know how that works. Um, and. And every day we would look and we, you know, the, the numbers, we'd start, we, we became experts at reading numbers on monitors and, and, and death was close. And it was always close. It was always there. The smell of it, the reality of it, the, the truth of it. We will die. And whether or not Derek died then, he will die. There will come a day. A new birth into a new life, into a living hope that comes not because of our power, not because of our skill or our strength or even our strong faith. Faith is a gift. If you don't have it, ask God for it. If you have a hard time hanging on to it, stay in a community that reminds you that you are in God's hands and He doesn't let go of those He loves. That hope, that new birth came through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The one person who overcomes death, the great enemy of us all, the one that we can't overcome, that science can't defeat. They can do ECMO, they can get close. And then they're done. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ overcomes death and all of its power and all of its threats and all of its lies and all of its hopelessness and all of the helplessness. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus 
Jesus. Resurrection is a central point of all of life. It's of all of humanity, of all of history. The one true historical event that matters more than any other thing, than all other things combined, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus' invitation for this new birth is to make us his kids, his children, and to give us what Peter says is an imperishable inheritance, an inheritance that doesn't go away. Life with him forever. Life that starts now. You heard it in Julie's story. Life that's, that's now. Restoration, renewal, um, love, compassion, acceptance, care, hope. All those things because of the resurrection of Jesus. One of the things that I noticed when I had so many of you praying and people all around the world praying for Derek and praying um, not only for my son but also for Jason, Jason Huntsinger. Um, some of you might have seen his story on the news. Another 35-year-old man who showed up at an urgent care because he was feeling pretty sick and they rushed him to the hospital and he too got medevaced to UMC and he was across the hall from Derek and he and his mom his mom was there every day I I got to know her we became the kind of friends you become when you're in that situation we shared a lot of things he had the ECMO, the last-ditch thing. She said, I need the power of prayer. And I reminded her, because I couldn't help it, because I'm a theologian, power of prayer is not powerful. Prayer in and of itself is talking to the ceiling. Prayer is meaningless. It's not the power of prayer. It's the power of the person to whom you pray. You pray to God. You pray to Jesus. You cry out to Jesus. God God has power. Jesus has the power of resurrection. He has the power of overcoming death. He has the power to take little JJ and bring him to himself. I don't know how he does that. He has the power to restore health to Derek. I don't know how he does that. He has the power to take the last ditch ECMO Thing that he did for for Jason Huntsinger and 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 this morning, Jason got a four-hour pass from the skilled care facility he was at to go attend church with his mother. He's pretty excited about that. So am I. Ultimately, you don't tap into the power of prayer. You don't tap into the power of Prayer is an access. Don't stop praying, for heaven's sake. Prayer is access to the power of God. Pray incessantly. Pray for each other. Encourage each other. Offer each other hope. Come gather when someone's hurting. Do the beautiful things that you do. There's frozen meals in the 
freezer that you guys have made for Kathy and I, thank you. Wow. Serve each other, love each other. Bring healing in small ways. But know where the power is. The power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In that singular event, in that moment, all of life changed. Death was defeated. The great enemy, the one thing that could get us, the one thing that would leave us in hopelessness and despair and pain and suffering, that would leave us suffering and griefs and all kinds of trials with no hope. Nope. Jesus overcomes death. Gives us new birth into a living hope. And through that resurrection, gives us an perishable, complete, total, inexplicably wonderful inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. Faith is the path. Faith is the path that we have available to us to access the power of the resurrection. And we are made alive by Jesus. He comes and saves us. You, you can't save yourself. You, you can't do it. When you walk up to the end, you'll walk into hopelessness. When I stood there at the edge that night in the hospital, I realized there were only two options. Believe in Jesus. Believe that what he said was true. Believe that he is who he says he is. Or despair. Maybe not tonight. Maybe not this week. Maybe not this month or this year. But someday, some way, somehow you're going to be confronted with that reality. Despair or Jesus. Despair or the power of the resurrection. Choose well. Because when you choose well, there's a joy. I see it. I see it all around me. I see it in John and Patty. I see it in Eric as they grieve. I... I see it in the people surrounding Miriam. There's this joy. There's this presence. There's this knowledge that there's something more. Something bigger. Something greater. Something without end. Oh, you can trust science right up to its end, but you're going to face the end of science. You will never see the end of Jesus. He is risen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for being the end and the beginning and the hope and the joy and life itself. 
Thank you for your grace. Grace poured out in the midst of all our trials and all our struggles and all our pain, all our hurt, all the awfulness, all the hopelessness, all the helplessness. Thank you for coming and giving us new birth into an everlasting hope. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for overcoming death and defeating the enemy. Thank you for giving us hope and a future and an inheritance kept by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Rob. Um, there are a few ways to respond. Uh, the first is um, the offering. It is harder to do with a handheld mic. Um, if you're a member here, this is how we do all the wonderful things we get to do here at the village, um, including support really cool ministries like Sold No More and the Gap House. Um, the second way to respond um, is the healing chair. <laughs> uh, we talked a lot about healing tonight and brokenness, and um, it is it isn't weakness or shameful to sit in the healing chair. It's it's a courageous recognition of your own brokenness and your need for, for healing. So if you want to experience prayer um, and encouragement, healing chairs right back there. Um, and the third way to respond tonight um, is communion.